0: Hi, my name is Kendra, and I trip over flat surfaces. And this is a podcast where we can stumble through life together. So let's get going. We're going to talk about what the heck happened to us. And what I mean by that are funny or serious things that happen earlier in life and how we process those, and the thoughts we decided to have that's kind of built us into the women that we are today. Mary and Patrice are friends of mine. We used to work together at the same company, and we're kind of close in age, um, but different stages in our life. Mary has children. I I never had children. Patrice, um, like me, has lots of rescue fur babies. She deals in the cat, adoption arena, and Mary is a very talented writer. So these are two women who are perfectly imperfect. They're smart, they're funny, they're kind, humorous, and have, I have spent over a decade working with the, with these women, and it's been just such a pleasure. So Without any further ado, let's just get into it.
1: Today, I was proudly sporting a uh, quilted vest, so that this is early <laughs> 80s, um, that I was very proud of. I had, It was new to me. It wasn't new. It was new to me. Um, my mother had gotten it from one of the neighbors at a yard sale that weekend, um, the previous owner was one of the two neighbor girls that i admired they were much older than me cheerleaders popular you know everything that i wanted to be you know as a sixth grader and and i loved that vest i love that i had i i don't know which sister it was but one of them wore this vest and i just thought i was so cool so as i'm sitting there sporting this vest at lunch with my friend finally i recognized that you're they're yelling 25 cents oh, wow. and <laughs> yes, oh, <wow. laughs> it was the masking tape <laughs> price tag that was still on the vest you know and so I was mortified, absolutely mortified. You know, if I could have crawled under the table, I would have. I, would I have, to have. Ask, since the vest was um,
0: 80s, was it like a dusty rose and, and slate blue color?
1: No, um, but it was burgundy with, and it was kind of a quilted look. So I just vaguely remember red with some beige flowers and there probably was some blue but more navy it wasn't (laughs) country it was more i don't know it was i liked it (laughs) and i think i wore it with one of my favorite turtlenecks um but yeah it was uh but you know i I, I couldn't believe that they would sit there make fun of me and you know i was just mortified you know as a sixth grader, just devastated and I think it took me a while to wear oh, you, that vest but you did. again. You
0: wore it again? You did?
1: Oh, yeah. And I it, loved um,
0: it. <laughs> it. You know, gosh, how many times have I have to ask myself, like, you know, the small, medium, and large, that big, long sticker? that's on. <laughs> have you ever worn Oh, yeah. With <laughs> that? Oh, my gosh. It's, and But kids are, yep. are kind of mean, right? How old are you in sixth grade? How old? Are, what is sixth grade?
1: You know, I have no clue. Mary, do 12, you know you've got kids? Maybe? Oh, so yeah. It's just. Yeah. So like somewhere teens, around in the air. Like
0: we're just kind of like learning oh, yes. ourselves. Yes. So that's.
1: Probably closer yeah, to 12. Yeah, even that's
0: even a, a more of a mortifying age, you know, because you're, yeah. And oh, yeah. You want to be cool. You want to, I mean, who doesn't want to be popular? You know, who doesn't want to be cool? Right. Absolutely. So did your friends kind of help you out? Or were you there just, I mean, was it really like one of those shows that the spotlight just comes and focuses on you and it's nobody else in the room but you and nobody comes to your defense?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it felt like. You know, I can't remember the, if my friend pulled the sticker off of it for me or if I figured it out when I went to the bathroom or, you know, what. I can't remember how... Because, of course, that I probably was in that tunnel, you know, just freaking out. Right. Um, but I was a shy kid. I was very shy, very introvert, very, you know, just kind of, you know, blend. If I could have faded into the wall, you know, crawled under the table or faded into the wall, that's what I would have done. Um, you know, because all somebody had to do was just walk over and say, hey, you've got right. the sticker on your back. Right. You know, that, that's what I would hope a kid would be taught to do today. You know, and then it could be a funny joke with the people at the table, and you know, because that's you know how this is carried through to me as an adult. Two things: number one, I always check my clothes <laughs> do you still? to make sure that all <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and every time I do, I think about that moment. I got to make sure the twenty-five cent sticker is off my clothes. <laughs> um but then also you know nobody died nobody you know i didn't it's so i can laugh at myself when these things happen now you know as an adult that cuz i mean funny things have happened to me silly things have happened to me and you also make sure
0: now that you point um, out cuz you you do um strike me as that, like, you always make sure, like, hey, you've got some lipstick here, or you've got, like, oh, yes. you know, mascara down your face, or.
1: Oh, yeah, I will politely pull somebody over. I mean, the times I have been in the airport and walked up to a stranger to say, hey, I don't think you realize this, but you've got toilet paper stuck oh. to the bottom of your shoe, you know, because I think about somebody, if somebody had just kindly approached me to say you know hey you've got this right, sticker on your right. back it's going to make you a target so
0: <laughs> I, I purposely leave the tags on things and i'll even wear them with the tags on because uh, it's another it's for another podcast but i have commitment issues and if i cut that tag off that means that i'm stuck with <laughs> i'm stuck
1: with it <laughs> it takes me a while <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, that's awful. Uh, is there a time that, I mean, I think when things happen to us as kids like that, and I have I have a kind of a kid story too, but I mean, do your friends bring it up? I mean, I, I, I just think that in the moment, right, it just seems like, oh, this is horrible, hor- horrific. I don't want to go back to school the next day. And it's just it's such a simple thing that when we talk about it now, but, you know, I mean, it's so impactful In the moment, because I, for me in the moment, I, if someone would have just come to your defense, right, it would have helped, right? It would have not been such you against everybody else in the school.
1: If somebody had just seen it, you know, because this was lunch, you know, why didn't anybody see it and pull it off? that were my friends and my classes and my grade, my age, you know, cause these were eighth grade boys that were, um, you know, the popular oh, yeah. boys, you know? So I don't remember too much, um, emotional distress afterwards. You know, I didn't, that's not what is left with me yeah. all these years later. Um, but it's just the, making an effort to be kind to somebody so that they don't have to have to go through a situation like that. That's what has stuck with me the most. Um, cause I think it was just one girl at the table. And I, I remember it was, you know, for a couple of days after that, I didn't want to go to lunch cause I didn't want to see those boys. Sure. I didn't want to go through, you know, but yeah. I got over it, you know, got over it quickly. There was a, another time in the, I can't remember if it was the seventh grade trying out for eighth grade cheerleader or if it was eighth grade trying out. I think it was seventh grade trying out for eighth grade cheerleader. So again, I'm not one, I don't want to stand in front of everybody and you know, I can do it now, but back then I was still I very say, shy, very introverted, and <laughs> but my job has forced me to. <laughs> And and there there were things that I did even in high school that I forced myself out of that. Um, But it was cheerleader tryouts, you know, and you spend, I don't know, it seemed like a year leading up to it. I'm sure it was just a couple of weeks. But you are going to perform on the day of tryouts. You're going to perform a group cheer. And you're going to perform a little dance routine with your group but then you have to show up with your own cheer you have to run out and do your own cheer you know in front of this group of people that are judging to pick and it seemed like you know of course everything is so much bigger when you're a kid but it seemed like there were a hundred of us trying out and it was probably more like 30 still 30 or 40 maybe and for some reason in our individual cheers so we were in this big, long line, the length of the gymnasium, and they had one set of bleachers set up in the very center um, that you would run up to from wherever you were. And they would just tell you, you know, just show your spirit, just run out there, you know, and be all full of spirit and do your cheer. And for some reason, I have no clue, but we didn't wear our shoes. We just wore oh, socks. Really?
0: Did, were you on masks? Yeah.
1: No, we oh, were on the gym great. floor, so that you you good. know where this is going, right? Yeah, you know yeah, is going. <laughs> so, I cannot remember why I did not have I didn't have a good pair of socks that I wanted to wear that folded down and looked like little bobby socks. And I remember going to my dad's sock drawer, and he had the most pristine pair of white socks. I didn't have tiny feet as a kid but they weren't huge but you know these fit very well I mean or fit okay enough but I could roll them down and they were cute little bobby socks and so it was my turn and I I practiced this cheer this friend of my brother's had prepped me helped me so much and told me what to do and you know she told me whatever happens just stand up you know, pick if you what if you fail? You know, just stand up and pick yourself up and just keep going. Just just keep going. It happens. Just keep going. And so I it's my turn. I jump up and I run out there and I do a high kick and I'm yelling and all the stuff and bam, I fall. I you know, and you hear the whole gym oh, go right. oh. You know, and so I'm okay. And so now I'm in my head going, all right, she, Kim told me what to do if this happens. So I just get up and I do my chair, I just keep going. So I get up and I'm being, you know, all positive and everything because I mean, it was dead quiet. And so I pop back up and so then I start my cheer <laughs> and I'm in the middle of my cheer. And now all of a sudden I'm having the second conversation with myself in my head going, oh my God, I cannot believe right. you just fell. I can't believe you fell, you know. And then all of a sudden, I realized I have no clue where I'm at in the middle of this.
0: Totally I mean, it's like this screaming thing in your head, right? And it's just.
1: I mean, oh no! It was it was a quiet kind of nonchalant, like, "Oh my God, <laughs> I cannot believe you fell," you know. It was just a very, you know, but you got up, you know. It, it, so I remember stopping. And and because I think it shocked everybody that I just popped up and went for it, you know. And I stopped myself and said, "I need to start over." They're like, "Go for it." so you stopped what? You um,
0: stopped everything and said you needed. Oh, that's gutsy. Good for you. I needed gutsy. That's
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, because I am totally lost. I think I would have just kept, you know, (laughs) making up stuff. I wasn't that smart. (laughs) I wasn't that smart. But, you know, but I finished it. And again, nobody died. I was okay. And I had a lot of people come up to me telling me, oh my God, you did so well. I can't believe you failed, but you kept going. And so, you know, that's what I carry with me, you know, as an adult. So, you know, all the times that I've been with y'all, you know, work and having to give presentations and, and I remember that, you know, if you fall down, just stop (laughs) and just, you know, correct yourself and, you know, keep going. I like that because
0: you made a decision to wait a minute, I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to, you know, like I've I've said in other um, recordings, turn back to my North and, you know, take my step in the right direction as opposed to just, you know, continuing down I think I would have come down just the path and made stuff up, and it just would have been a mess. But you know, to to get it done and get it done well, you know, and and to do the right thing, you stopped. You took what you, you made that decision, face your north, and then you kept going. So yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it, and it led to, of course, I didn't. I didn't make cheerleader. I didn't make the stand up squad that does the football and the basketball. But I was on the pep squad. Um, and and that was that was fun. Had a great time doing the pep squad because we only had to do basketball, so that was perfect. And then when I got to high school and found out there are cheerleaders for the wrestling team, and they sit down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I cheerleaders that, for the wrestling? Is it true?
1: Team.
0: I mean, I didn't yes, know. I mean, I went to a really tiny school, 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 so I didn't know they had cheerleaders for wrestlers
1: our team did i mean our school did yeah yeah In alabama wrestling is huge huge and and we actually had um a really really good wrestling team my year um the three years that i was a, a mat maid it's what a we're Mat called. maid
0: Okay well we have mat to discuss maids. that name yep. and that needs to change <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think they're called okay. wrestling cheerleaders I, I i don't know i'll have to look i'll have to go back and see if they Still are called mat maids. I don't know. But it was well fun. Patrice, it was the tell everyone
0: a little bit. You do cat rescue. And so tell us right now the number of cats you have in your home that are yours versus foster rescue.
1: So, you know, there is a wonderful saying that you never ask a woman her age. <laughs> you never ask a rescuer how many animals they have. I have animals <laughs> enough said, <laughs> we, um, I have more than one, but I have less than 30. Um, we, 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 I, I rescue, it was, we kind of fell into, um, my husband forrest and I fell into it, um, just out of necessity in, in our area, in our neighborhood. And I think since we started, um, our first rescue actually came with us from our old house. Cause nobody would rescue him. We didn't know he was a stray cat until we left. And that's when we recognized he's stray. He's not any neighborhood. He's not any neighbor's cat. And so we brought him to Hendersonville with us. But then we recognized all the strays in in our neighborhood. And I think, and then working with the Rescue Freedom Farm Animal Sanctuary, um, we, I think, I've lost count, Um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 cats have been through our house. Um, you know, awesome. And and found homes yeah, yeah, for them, yeah, um, or you still, know, I mean, they, <laughs> just, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 fun. It's rewarding. It's you know, we if we had it to do over again to start, we would do lots of different things because you don't know what you don't know when you first start. But I'm a huge advocate of trap, yes, neuter, release. Um, So then that way you can put them out because for a while there we were trapping and neutering and keeping (laughs) Um, because we didn't, we didn't think about the, the release, or that you could do the release, but we quickly learned that there's an equilibrium that your, your ecosystem can handle. And when you pull one out, that void is going to get filled by another one. And so by keeping doing the, TNR, then you're going to actually prevent another cat from showing up in your area. So we have a nice little colony around our house that has been maintained now for a good four or awesome. five years. That's awesome. Um, no well, new females. Thank, thank you goodness. for all your,
0: your hard work. I know. I know how hard it's been for you guys <laughs> over the years. So, but, yeah. well, I have a story from when I was younger as well. And I think I was in junior uh, high or early high school. and um, I don't, I mean, I have plenty of stories. I I have been trying to, since I've um, gotten into this uh, decade of my life, I want, I was going to say my age until you made that comment. Now I'm not going to say my age.
1: (laughs) Hey, I'm 51, going on 52, so, so I, I I don't care about my age. The number well, of cats. So, I've really been so. trying to
0: sift through some things in my 50s that I don't think I, I really understood were lingering. Uh, I don't want to call them issues or baggage or things like that, but things I I just didn't really understand were impacting what I was going through now in my life. But they happened a long time ago, and and so this particular situation, I had a writing assignment. And I, again, I think I was like, really, like very, um, I I don't know. I was a kid. Let's just go with that. So I had a writing assignment and I was writing it out and I was, you know, we did cursive then. I don't know. I've heard that's not a thing anymore, but, and I developed this new cursive writing and I was very proud of it. I was like, oh my gosh. And let me just caveat by saying my husband does not let me fill out forms. Okay. (laughs) because my penmanship is so bad. But anyway, so I had been writing this assignment. I was really proud of my cursive and I showed my mom, what do you think of this? And she even paused. I I specifically remember the pause before she commented and she was just like, oh, that's nice. And so I was like, "Ah, okay, it's nice. I'm really proud of myself for this new penmanship that I've been working on. And so went to school, and it was time to grade the paper. And remember how they, the teacher used to ask you to pass it to the person behind you or in front of you, whatever, to grade the papers? And oh, so I yeah. passed it to the girl behind me, which was a friend. And we proceeded to go through each item and grade those. And the teacher would talk about it. And one particular um, answer, instead of asking me, she, my friend raised her hand and said, I can't read this. And so... I turn around and kind of look at her and I'm thinking, well, she could have just asked me, you know, I'm right here. She could have just asked me, you know what it said. But anyway, the teacher came over and looked at it and read it and then looked up at me and was like, if you ever write this way again, it will be an immediate fail. And wow. I just remember being mm-hmm. so embarrassed, not even like red faced embarrassed, just Like my friend could have asked me instead of asking the teacher, the teacher could have been like, you know, not sure why you wrote this way, but we need to work on it. You know, something I just, she was so specific. And of course, because my friend raised her hand, everybody's looking at us. And I went to a very small school and, uh, you know, we maybe had 20 people in that room. Um, And so it's not like it was uh, a a large, I mean, literally we would had every class together. So I mean, I was just completely embarrassed and I felt betrayed. I felt betrayed that my mom didn't say I had horrible, horrible penmanship. Um, So I think that um, not just that occurrence, but several occurrences like that through my life, I really struggle with like, wow, you did a really good job on that. I instantly question your motive. And oh, wow. I really feel like I need to to know I did a good, like, like if you tell me, oh, I did a good job and I don't feel that way, then it, then really it doesn't matter anyway. I, I need to feel like I did a good job. But, um, but I really question that. And I really felt betrayed that my, that my I mean my mom could have saved me in a sense right from from that situation and um, but and I, as I got older and and thought about it of course she's a mom. I mean I don't have kids. I mean Mary I know I know you have kids and I'm sure you've probably been in the same situation where they've brought to you a picture they've colored and be like oh, wow isn't this awesome <laughs> and you have no idea what it is and you don't want to ask and you're like that's a wonderful elf Fun I mean, you know, like I mean, I don't know how you do it because where's the line? No, oh, you say, tell me about that picture. I want to oh, learn all about smart. it. Well, that's why I'm not a parent. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I, I know that she was just trying to be nice and supportive and and we often say like, oh, I want you to tell me the truth, and then people do, and we get upset, right? But I think it's more the delivery, not necessarily that they told us the truth. I think there's a lot in the delivery around that. And so um, I, I do understand that my mom wasn't trying to, to set me up, but I, I really would have appreciated a little, you know, like, wow, well, you know, why did you write that way? Or, I mean, some, some of these are kind of hard. I, I don't know how she could have gotten out of this situation, to be honest, but.
1: Bad and, and, and that person that was your teacher should have never picked that profession. <laughs> Or was long overdue for retirement. Because, like you said, that teacher did not handle that in any way that would be considered good today. I mean, yeah. that's just.
0: I mean, our teachers were different then. I know it sounds like a us and then, right? And oh, we yeah. walked up both ways in snow. And, um, but. Right. Last exactly. But I, yeah. <laughs> I even had a, because t- I was so horrifically shy. I had a teacher that one year. I don't know if it was third or fourth grade, but she put my desk away from everybody else's, but in like a um, position of view from everyone. And I was forced to sit there the Mm. whole year. And almost like, not on display, but um, I couldn't like hide in the class, right? Like I couldn't just be a chair in the middle of the class. I was put off from everybody else. And she would spend time every day asking me questions and forcing me to answer them, speaking louder and louder each time. Everybody else is doing nothing. They're just watching this. And she's she it came would come over with a microphone, louder, say it louder, louder.
1: No, so did it help? I was, more, I was did
0: terrified. It... Okay. I was terrified. I couldn't wait to, um, get out of that class and everybody, you know, supposedly they were supposed to be working on their assignments, but I could look up and see beyond her and people were like just staring at us. So yeah, I didn't feel yeah. safe. Um, not, and when I say safe, I wouldn't like physically hurt, but I mean, I, she wasn't someone I would come to if I had a problem or needed help or something. I felt like she was, um, really, I mean, I know she thought she was trying to get me out of my comfort zone and and not be so shy, but that, that actually made me more shy and more introverted. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. I even got to the point where in grade school, every single day I packed up all of the things that I had in my desk and took it home in an army duffel bag, and then every day, because you might not be back. I the next think day. it was a control thing. Again, I'm not a psychologist. I, but what I think is, it was the only thing I could control. So even in my home life, my room was immaculate and everything was in a place. So if you came into my room and picked up my brush and didn't put it right back down at the exact angle, facing the exact way, I said something to you and I made sure it was, I think it was the only thing in my life I was able to control. So I became like obsessive, compulsive about it. Yeah. Cause I had no control over anything else in, in my life. <laughs>
1: It's a shame her effort to, you know, in her mind thinking that she was helping you, that she was going to force it out of you, you know, that it, that she didn't recognize that it was having the exact opposite, and, you know, result and Maybe for you. Maybe
0: for somebody else it would have been okay, but each time she would ask me, I would speak lower and lower and like, cause I want to like disappear. Right. Like I don't. And you know, she's like shoving this thing. And I, I mean, I just think that should have been a clue, but every day of that year, I mean, this was not a few days. It was.
1: I remember once I had, we spent our weekends at the roller rink, Um, not roller blades. That's not roller skating. It's the four wheels, you know, um, skate. and the guy that owned the roller rink was such a nice man and I remember I, I can't remember what I had skated up and asked maybe it was requesting a song or asking for something and I remember he said I, I'm going to get emotional talking about it but he said you know look at me and, and, and but in a very kind way you know Look at me eye to eye he's like you've got something to ask you're worth looking at me so that i can see you and that stuck with me i still think about it today that that man has long gone in a tragic accident but um it wasn't roller skating no no it was not no it was a horrible Mm. gun related break-in situation but um you know and so that stuck with me and that I didn't want to be that person that, you know, yeah, I'm worth something. I, I matter. Um, And it was in high school, freshman in high school, (laughs) and, you know, doing the assembly for ninth grade and, you know, thinking back to, you know, falling and, you know, the 25 cents and it was talking about, I think it was, the people that were um, trying to get our vote for class officer and sitting there with a friend of mine and, you know, we were kind of making our commentary on the people that were giving their speeches. And I don't know which one of us said it that we should do that next year. And, and I said, you know what? I am, I can do that. I can get up there and do that. You know, it was kind of a, 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 a dare to myself or a challenge to myself, you know. I'll run for president, and, and so, you run for vice president. And so, for you
0: do that in your professional, um, I, I will hear you at work. I can, I can do that. I can do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I ran for class officer and and was class officer for the last three years of high school. On that that dare, that oh. I that idea that. I'm gonna force myself to get up and get out of that uncomfortable position, you know. But it was because of those smaller, kinder situations that happened to me. I was never put in a position like you of uh, here speaking to this microphone and be so he loud. Made you you know? stop
0: in a moment and reevaluate, looking at him and and really yeah. what that meant and thoughts about yourself yes. and that you were, I mean, that's pretty yes. um, impactful. And then, and then, yeah, it's it was, carried into, oh, so yeah. I, I would hear you at work on a call or, or in a meeting. Uh, I can, I can do that. I have no problem stepping in yeah. there and out, you know, and I think.
1: I've got all the times of the presentations that we would go and do for big proposals and, you know, the butterflies, but then you know, kind of doing the internal coaching. You got this, you can do this. What's the worst that can happen? You know, and I've had the flashback of, well, you can fall, but you're not wearing your dad's socks today. So that's not really going to happen <laughs> or, you know, I don't have any price tags on me. So that's not an issue. Mm-hmm. So
2: I find that so interesting because all of the recollections I have of that time are all negative. Like I don't have any upbeat, powerful, positive recollections of people like that. So I find that very, very interesting. I've got those things that you, you know, you remember and you're just like, um, it just shoots down your self-worth. But what I find really interesting is we both are professionals and we both are very positive attitude people. And we both are, you know, where we are right now, but we came from very different paths. So it's kind of nice that that, you know, it makes me feel like it, it doesn't matter in some way, like what experience you have, but more how you internalize them and what they eventually come to mean to you. So, yeah, that's, that's intriguing.
1: And and I mean, it, my, my childhood wasn't perfect. I mean, I, I'm, there was crap in my childhood, but you know, I'm appreciative of everything that I've gone through and, and, you know, like you, Kendra, I too am kind of cleaning out some closets, unpacking some bags trying to sort some things out mentally emotionally you know as I hit my fifties to to let go of some stuff or to figure some stuff out you know and so so all those you know to your point Mary so all those things that didn't land didn't I didn't internalize well that I, I figure out some way to you know touch it and let it go, you know, realize this is not something that I want to keep and, and just let it go. Um,
0: so, so Mary, why not, um, before you tell us your story, why don't you just a little bit about your writing and a little something about you?
2: I am a fantasy and science fiction writer and I am in the middle good. of my Yes. <laughs> Uh, I think my, is it my seventh book that's going to come out? Wow. Something wow. like that. That's going to be coming out. Yeah. Um, and I've got a, um, a, a novella that turned into four stories about four very strong women. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so this
0: podcast will be out in, in February of 2022. So what will you have okay. coming out? Do you know? will something, um, I'll have a um, second
2: book in a series and then I think I will have the first book in um, another four-part series that's based in one of the books. No. And I don't know whether to actually mention titles or anything like that, but it's... Is there a um, website people yeah.
0: could go to to check out your writing or a Facebook page, maybe?
2: <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, com.
0: So... Tell us a little bit about your story, Mary. So
2: I think um, when we were talking about this, one of the stories had popped in my head that took me a while to deal with. And and, and I know this is like the, the day and age, but back when I was younger, I was one of the first kids who had divorced parents. And I didn't even understand what that concept really was. And... Uh, it came to a head, and I was oblivious, high school, happy, thought we had a great family and that sort of thing, and my mom had me take my sisters to the school that was nearby and walk back, and she said, I will come by, and I will get pick you up later, and it got dark, <laughs> and she finally came by. We ended up actually walking home, and um, my dad's things were out mm-hmm. on the front lawn, oh, and wow. Yeah, it was one of those. And so that started the ball rolling on just, like, some crazy, 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 crazy things. Um, everything from there may have been some knives used. There may have been some things about, you know, taking kids in cars and committing suicide. There may have oh, been gosh. some things about um, just, like, very, very crazy things going on because um, because of the drama of what was going on. And the thing that really, the one that I was going to tell was, so... They're finally getting divorced. My dad is going to move away, and he they bring us into the living room and say, okay, um, we're getting a divorce, and you need to choose who you are going to live with for the rest of your life. You need to choose right now, and then um, that's who you're going to live and with for I'm the sorry, rest of your you life. I'm sorry. Did
0: you say how old you were with your siblings?
2: Um, I was, I think I was 15, something mm-hmm. like that. I had a oldest year old sister and then like a... She's seven, I think, six or seven, something like that. So not like in that awkward age, you know, where you're kind of trying to grow up and find your own way. And I had friends at school for the first time because we'd actually lived there for a little bit. And so I desperately wanted to stay. Um, My mom uh, was an alcoholic. And so she ended up, she was a little bit crazy, but I figured I didn't have that much longer before. Um, I would be going away, and I could stay with my friends, and I could survive, right? And I I really resented my dad for what he was doing, because I didn't understand Mm -hmm. it, right? I'm a kid. It's all about me. I didn't understand. And so I told my dad, I want to go. I I told my mom, I'm going to stay with you. And my sisters are all looking at me, and then they're like, they choose dad. And my dad's like, well, um, if I can't have all of you, I'm not going to take any of you. That's what he said. And I'm like, and now I know, I knew even then that my reasons for staying were very selfish, right? Like I knew I was just staying because I wanted to be with my friends. Not that it would necessarily be fun or anything, but I wanted to be with my friends. And my sisters just looked at me like, please, we cannot (laughs) handle what's going on here. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go with dad too. We're we're just, we're going to all go with dad. And then he kind of looked at us all and he said, well, I'm not going to take any of you and left yeah and so um it was i also did not realize that we were the house my dad came back and ended up tricking my mom into selling the house because he thought he told her they were going to get back together so she would sign the paperwork and then sold the house from out underneath her and we ended up squatting there until she could figure out a place for her and her three kids to live so um I think what I, so there, I back then, I was a little clueless, a lot oblivious, and resentful going all different directions about what was going on, but I think I finally landed in, they were both doing the best they could, right? Like, with their own perspective on life and with the things that they were going through, they were doing the best that they could, and they were taking as much into account of us as they could, and it just... For me, didn't feel like enough, but it was the best that they could do. And so, you know, as an adult, I look back and think okay, so my dad um, had been having an affair and was, you know, living with this, the love of his life now. And then imagine bringing in teenage kids, teenage girls into
0: that, right? Like that's an epic so you think sort he of. He had no intention, you know, from the beginning. He thought he thought I you think would he pick had your no mind from the beginning.
2: I think he thought we would pick our mom. Yep. And that you know, he kind of did it for show just so that we felt like we had some, some choice in the matter. And my mom, I understand, you know, more now as an adult looking back um, I didn't know my grandfather was an alcoholic because I was shielded from that. I didn't know about the patterns that you tend to take in your life if you're not self-aware enough to get them out. And so she My dad had felt that she had tricked him into marriage and that he hadn't actually chosen to marry her. And that choice was really important to him. And so when it came time, the the woman he had the affair with, who he is still with today after so many other years, he chose her. And that was the core of every other decision he made, that he chose her for the first time he chose that woman to be with. But again, like, like looking back, that's their drama, right? And I, I really had to realize that, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody is going to, you know, do the best they can with what they're given and that you just have to <laughs> be kind to yourself because sometimes you're in that position where you're the one unintentionally doing that to
0: people and that you're the
2: one who are giving them that memory that you
0: may not like to hear so have you Have you had conversations with your parents about that, you know? that situation or that evening and, and kind of, I mean, cause that is a lot to put on your children to choose from a parent that, that statement alone is an books, yeah. books are written forever, right? Yeah. So yeah. have you been able yeah. to have those discussions about how it made you feel and, and how it's impacted you?
2: Um, there was so much more drama
0: oh, after that. Ish. Even,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, there there was a lot of uh, drama after that, even with kidnapping charges and just um, interstate things. And like, I seriously, like, you guys, I could you... write a book. Oh, wait, I did, but none of <laughs> was in there. <laughs> no, but I did talk to my dad. So, how this plays into the other story I wanted to tell you about is, so now I'm an adult and I get married and I have, you know, this guy. Um, that I was married to. And I discovered that he's having an affair on me and that he has, you know, the love of, of his life and that he is going to, um, we end up, you know, getting divorced and that sort of thing. And in the aftermath of that, or as it was going on, I called my dad and I asked him about that because I was like, is this just how it is? Is, is this just what it's like being married? Is this just like, everybody's going to eventually do that. And I've just got this wrong idea about marriage. Is this just, why did you have that affair with your, with my mom? Like what, or why did you have the mm-hmm. affair on my mom really? Um, and he had, that's where the whole choice thing came into play when he told me that whole story and, you know, some other things that I won't disclose, but um, it was sort of, that's when I really recognized that he made choices she made choices and those choices made the drama and so with my own divorce i decided you know what no this that is not who i am that is not who i want to be that is not the pattern i'm going to perpetuate you know i he um he had asked me before i realized about the affair um if we could delay so that the benefits would kick in what he really wanted was benefits to kick in for her because she was going to move in as, as a partner. And you know, then I found out about her and I was so angry, but I was like, you know, I said I was going to do it. I had, despite the circumstances, I said I was going to do it. So we're going to do it. Right. I said, yep. And once I found out, and I think he was a little afraid that I was going to go back on it, but it was a very drama-free divorce. We agreed on the terms. We, you know, I, I delayed the divorce until after um, he needed to so that the benefits would kick in. And he said he was going to do something and he came and he did it. So we like, it was very like the complete opposite of the divorce that my parents went through. And at that point in time, I also recognized that the patterns that I was seeing in my own life, I did not like them. And so I needed to go seek help. I found someone to to see on a regular basis to try and work through all that baggage in your head that makes you think some of these decisions and are so good. You decisions. saw a, a and counselor honestly, super... or a
0: psychologist
2: or okay, okay,
0: yep, yep. I saw
2: a, a psychologist. I think actually, I don't even know if she was um, one of my friends recommended her, who's in that business that uh, has a healthcare uh, mental health facility.
0: And so obviously I couldn't see her, but she had a friend that she really. So it so. was really deciding that you weren't going to let this be a pattern that drove you to see someone, right? To just, I mean, it, it yes. you saw Yes, because
2: the common thing was me. In my relationships, the common thing was me and my choices. So, you know, and, and recognizing that my parents were making choices and that there are these patterns there. And that if you didn't step back and really look at it, you were going to be trapped by them.
0: Yeah. It's interesting you say that because that's been playing actually last week that was playing a lot in my head. You know, what is the common denominator in our relationships, in our interactions? And it's always us. I mean, we, we can't get away from ourselves. Yep. So we might as well make the, you know, the best of ourselves that we possibly can. So obviously you, you know, talking to someone you were able to do that. Was there something in particular Um, talking to this person that really helped drive a a better thought about yourself um, throughout all of this that's happened to you?
2: The big thing that I had was the, you're not going to change them. Like I would get with these people that, that I thought I could help, that I could help, I could make them better. I could help them change and be the people they could be. But the reality is nobody changes unless they want to. Right. 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 You can you can poke and prod and all the rest of it. But if a person doesn't want to change, they are not going to no matter what you do. And so you have to find someone that you are happy with, that you are compatible with, that you love for who they are right then and not who they could be in your imagination. Right. right? Not, you know, the potential that they might have, because. That's all wishes fix, and
1: dreams. Fixer uppers are great when you're looking at a house or a property, <laughs> nice. but not people. Yeah,
2: but you even can fix, fix uppers, things. I mean, the plan is probably to fix them up and sell them. Oh yeah, my God.
0: them <laughs> right. But that's that's so, because Patrice was talking about how she, I, I can do that and how she's become that person, yeah. but Mary, that's all the years that I've known you. I've always thought that about you. You're always open to have whoever that other person is. Like, if that's who you are, then great. You know, do you, that's, you know, no. you don't, you don't ever seem to try to, um, or you always, let me, let me rephrase it this way. You always try to understand in, in our personal um, conversations, you always try to understand where that other person was coming from. Maybe that was the better way. Cause
2: there's value. I mean, everybody's not the same and who you are that's different makes you so valuable. Right. right? It's, it's those things, your quirks, everything else that just makes you wonderful.
0: Right. And I, I think, um, I think we often look at ourselves and first we don't recognize what those valuable strengths are, but two, we so easily recognize the weaknesses and like, Oh, I need to work on those weaknesses. I need to work on those weaknesses. I need to work on those weaknesses And I think we should work on our strengths. I'm not saying we shouldn't um, give some thought to those weaknesses. And um, obviously, I'm not a great writer. I'm not going to run out and write a book. I mean, that's not my positive. I mean, you guys remember my emails, some of them, right? I mean, that's not a a strength for me. So I got to get somebody to help with that. But, you know, I'm happy to talk to you you know, through a podcast, through, you know, a call, you know, I'll even, I may not enjoy it or feel good about it, but I'll stand up and, and talk. But I think that if we, I don't, I don't, maybe you guys could put it and frame it a little bit better, but um, if we're not looked as being recognized for something, we don't seem to really recognize that it's a positive thing for us. Does that make sense? Like, you know, if, if I'm, uh, if I'm a good communicator, maybe if I'm not a good communicator in, in another, in a, in a way, um, that's outside of the podcast. Oh, I, I I'm not a good communicator.
2: <laughs> right. You're, you're not giving yourself credit for where you yeah. are a good communicator and where you're mm-hmm. actually stellar as a communicator. You're focused on that negative, well, I can't write an email. What or,
0: the heck? you know, oh my gosh, I All cannot right. well, don't. illustrate. Not I'm good. not a very good illustrator, <sighs> but I can do some graphic work. You know, I mean, it's so I, I want to grow those areas. And honestly, I'm tired of trying to grow the weaknesses. I've tried to do it for decades And I literally feel exhausted inside and not that they don't deserve, again, some um, time there, but I want to be, I want to feel good about what I'm good at and and grow those areas and get even better at them. So,
1: But haven't you over time, because I mean, there's lots of things that I don't do well. I'm I'm not a, a great writer either, but I know some people that are and i've made connections and i think what i'm good at is influencing and convincing those people to hey how about you write this (laughs) and and i think you possess that that skill as well being able to influence and you know uh convince people Mm -hmm. through communication you know, to, hey, you're the expert at this. How about you do this? You know, and I think that is oh, a yeah, skill. that's true. That's true. Right. I, I think yeah, that, yeah. that a lot of people don't give themselves credit for.
0: So, Mary, how have you um, represented yourself with your kids to kind of um, sort of help break the pattern, so to speak, in, in you know, what you kind of felt was that common denominator for you and, and you know, how that's impacted your relationship with your kids?
2: Well, there were a couple of things. So first, my mom was so secretive. Um, there was no conversations about anything like growing up as a female, like none of the things about menstruation or mm-hmm. anything else my like that. Like everything yeah. was a state secret. Yeah. Um, and so I've been very upfront with my daughter to basically say, look, I did not have a great relationship with my mom. I'd like to have a good relationship with you so that when you've got questions, you can ask me about it and I'm not going to embarrass you in front of dad or any of your other friends, but I'm there if you need me and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about and it'll stay between us and it'll be fine. Um, And she's actually taken me up on it. And I've gotten an earful of things that I didn't think I'd have to deal with with a 10-year-old that I thought I had at least five more years until these sorts of things were going to come up. But we're talking about it. So I'm just trying to be like, okay.
0: Wow. So, Mary, I'm really (laughs) impressed by that because I have other friends who say the same things to their daughters but their daughters still keep things from them, and maybe it's an age. They're they're older than ten, so maybe it's high schoolish type things. But yeah. the fact that she really did come to you and believe you, I think, says something.
2: And I'm hoping because it didn't turn into a big deal, and because it was, uh, you know, that it we did talk about it, and there was no judgment whatsoever for what she's, you know, exploring. That hopefully that'll be something that she'll continue to do. We'll see, but she's going to hit high school and it's all going to go to heck. So
1: <laughs> maybe not. I mean, I've been around you with your kids, and to watch you—I mean, I, and again, you know—thinking about things that stick with you, how attentive you are, how honest you are, how it, I, I can feel that oh. with the little bit of time that I, I spent with y'all, just. I don't want to say normal, But it was kind of a gosh, I wish I had had this when I was a kid. You know, somebody that was I guess honest mm-hmm. is the the best I description the I can come have up with.
0: Penmanship, don't do you? I'm
2: joking. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, you know, when I didn't know what they drew on the paper, I did ask them to tell me about it so I could figure no, out. I, what I agree it was. with you, Patrice. Yeah. <laughs> right,
1: you know, it it was just an honest communication back and forth. You know, it wasn't the, you weren't fluffing them up. You weren't, you know, responding to them
2: super negative because there's so much negativity in my family, the rest of my family, right. You're never good enough. And you're, you know, Oh, Oh, that's what you did. Um, but, but the second thing was making sure that, you know, I've said I am not perfect. I'm doing the best that I can and I will make mistakes. And we will, we will deal with those mistakes and we'll move on and you're going to make mistakes and that's okay.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty powerful. I, um, another, uh, piece of baggage I've been unpacking lately, as Patrice says, I like, I like that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to steal that. I like that yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember when we were kids and if you spilled something like I got, I got in big trouble, not like why did, I mean, like I got in trouble to the point where like you would hide it or there was never like, Oh, it's an accident, but help me clean it up. You know, it's your accident too. So let's, let's do this together. It was a big deal, got in trouble, maybe serious spanking, maybe something else. Um, and I mean, that's led into my adult life. I mean, severely into my adult life, like making any kind of mistake. I feel like I have to punish myself for days. I'm really finally Mm -hmm. unpacking that after all of these years. Cause um, you know, I, I just was, um, I really was just praying one day, like, why do I do this to myself? And like, like it just came very clearly, like you're, you you're the punisher. Now you, you don't have that parent right. around to punish you for making that mistake. So the fact that you accidentally broke something is not, you went out purposely and broke it. I remember the alternator, um, failed in our car once. And my mom's like, what did you do? How'd you break it? Like oh, it's an no. alternator. <laughs> they, I mean, it just seems so simple and she wasn't joking. She, you know, it, um, right. I mean, I didn't get in trouble for that. It was It's just the perception of how they, they looked at things. I mean, accidents happen. And, and so I even try that with, with my husband when something happens, like, you know, because he gets on himself too. And, and it, I think it's human nature, right? We, you know We don't want to make mistakes, but it's okay if we make an accident. I mean, obviously, right. some accidents can be very mammoth and big and and true disasters. But I'm I'm talking right. about little things like spilling on the table. I mean that that shouldn't be right. you know grounds for punishment, in my opinion. So, right.
2: Right. well, yeah. okay, clean it up. You made a mess. Let's yeah. clean it up. And if there's something that you did that made that more likely to happen, like um, oh, my son the other day glass thing of spaghetti sauce and he reached behind it you never reach behind those right oh. to pull the thing behind it like we know as adults you just don't do that and he reached behind it and the whole thing shattered and he's just like God ah, and I'm like okay what can you learn from it right because that's the other thing with mistakes right. right what can you learn from it
0: I know you yeah. sound like a pretty cool mom Mary
2: nope I'm sure my that that's actually what makes me laugh is too. I'm sure twenty years from now, my my kids are going to be like, "Do you remember
0: when well, you did this to me?" And I'm going to be like, "No." That's the rite of passage, right? I mean, and their kids are going to do that to them. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Well, I do think the common denominator in all of this, or you know, those things happen, be it younger or older, and obviously we live through them all. Sometimes we live through yep. and, and, we, and we, we pass, through it, and we pass and through it very quickly, and we don't and have to, worry about, don't have to worry about lasting issues.. And then there are others where we there are others where we are still, are still unpacking. but it's a process.
2: Don't you think process. it's the story that you tell yourself too? Like if you tell yourself that you're a survivor, that you can do it, like what Patricia said, She can do it. Like, that's what she learned is she can do it. She, you know, she can. That's the story that she tells herself when she hits that difficult situation. And then she does. And if you go in with the story of I'm a failure. um, So for the record, when I went out for student council, because I was forced, I lost by one vote and I hadn't (gasps) voted for myself.
0: Voting matters, people. Get out there (laughs) and vote. Right? (laughs) But it's that story that you tell yourself when you're, you know, doing and the things right. you do. That's right. It's it's all a process. We're a work in process and, and we just have to keep going. We have to make sure that we never stop unpacking, that it's important that we recognize we have things that we can, that we can unpack and, and that's okay. And, and we just, yeah, yeah. And expect it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got to, you've got to be gentle with yourself. you got to, you know have some compassion for yourself so that when you're on the discovery of those behaviors that have been carried forward, you know, like punishing yourself, you know, have some kindness. And, um, you know, even if, if <laughs> the, I can do it, you know, not at your own detriment, <laughs> you know, cause I'm, we'll be going to the orthopedic right, right. ER after <laughs> this. True. Because I, I can do it, you know, I can do a marathon with no training. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's for me now, it's the having compassion, having compassion for others, having compassion for my parents, because, yeah, you know, they did the best they could. Um, and, and having compassion for myself, you know, those times yeah. where I screw up or I don't yeah. feel like I can do it, you know, it's okay. Just when you're ready. That's very true.
0: Very true.
1: Or let it go. <laughs> well,
0: I can't believe how time has gone so quickly, but thank you so much to both of you for being on the podcast. I, I really, really appreciate your time today. And um, maybe we can we can do another one to kind of follow up on, on this one. Um, so everyone that's listening, thank you so much for coming back for a second season. So happy to have you back. Um, if you haven't, please run out to the web- website and subscribe to the email. Uh, you will get um, encouraging email. I don't know if you guys are, are getting emails, but um, hopefully that you find those beneficial. Rate, share, subscribe, and follow. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, change your thoughts, change your life.